Welcome to Failing Forward, a podcast where CARE staff members talk about what seemed like a good idea at the time, what went wrong, and what we can learn from it. We all know that there's more that we can learn from things that didn't work than from things that did, but it's so hard to talk about failure. It's scary to admit that we did something wrong and it didn't go the way we wanted it to do. But when we don't talk about failure, we miss the opportunity to learn from what we did and to get better the next time. And maybe even more importantly, we miss the opportunity to share that learning with others so that they can skip the step that didn't work and they can apply it in their own lives. That's pretty scary when it's our failure, but it's really helpful when somebody else shares a story with you so you can skip what didn't work for them. So with that in mind, Reshma Khan and I are interviewing our very first volunteer, Andresh from Care UK, who's gonna talk to us about Ebola and what worked and didn't work in that response and what we can learn from that moving forward. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We're really excited to talk about failure. And can you just quickly, since this is a recording we're going to share with people, can you explain who you are and what you do first? Okay, yes. Um, so I, my role is, um, well, now it's changed to executive director, but it's basically the programs and policy director. So in a comparison that is useful, I suppose, because we are much smaller in CI UK and less complex than Care USA, for example, uh, my role brings together both Nick Osborne and Jamie Tarsi's roles. Okay. So the, the, the operation side, if you want, and, and the, the program quality, policy, advocacy, et cetera, no? um, because we don't, we don't manage, if you want, we're not operational in care, in care language. We don't run country offices, but we work with the country offices in different okay. ways. Okay, great. Thank you. So uh, thank you. We really appreciate you being our first guinea pig to volunteer oh, to my. talk about failure. Um, uh -huh. Can you tell us a little bit about the example you've chosen? Uh, I, I have two, and, and then let's see if they're useful for you. I don't know. If I'm the first one, maybe useful useful anyway. But uh, in a way, I was thinking about the most recent examples. And, and, and most recent examples for me, it's usually linked to management and management at distance and working from headquarters with country offices or partners. Um, and, and there are a couple of examples there. A lot of those really have to do with, with communications and and, and working and especially in emergencies, how do you react and how do you work with your teams? Um, being the default position that your immediate thoughts sometimes are your own headquarters and then maybe less about the country offices and, and distance, no? Both if the emergency happens in your own country here in the headquarter or, or, or there, no? The other, the other very common and, and happens very regularly, especially nowadays, lots of restructurings and changes at organizational level and, and how those are managed particularly from the internal comms point of view, how, how we bring or not the leadership teams and, and the staff and, um, and how we deal with the HR elements of, of dealing with the difficult circumstances of, of those restructurings. You know? Yeah, those both sound really interesting to talk about if you're willing to talk about both of them. Um, yeah, I'm happy, happy to let's see and say you can take whatever you think is useful and then I just do my best to share what I can. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much. So let's start with the first one about communicating and managing at a distance. Tell us a little bit about sort of the context of the specific failure you have in mind. Okay. So this, this was, um, and, and I don't know, you need to mention that because maybe people may refer to the organizations, but, but this was, for example, a very significant crisis, the Ebola crisis a few years ago, not, not, the, not the recent one, but the one a few years ago, uh, 2013, 14, um, particularly in West Africa. 
uh, and how, um, from the perspective of a headquarter kind of a, a team, uh, and, and having offices, country offices, and partners, of course, in the in the affected countries. No, so that was the context. Big crisis. Yep. It was a big emergency response. Arguably, uh, the northern members and organizations were a bit slow in responding for a number of reasons, but the main one probably because this was a totally an ex totally different type of emergency. It, it wasn't the traditional or the, the, the more common natural disaster kind of thing, earthquake, etc. It yep. wasn't a conflict, a uh, violent conflict. So it was, uh, well, health-related, but of course it's much more than just health, poverty, etc. But the way the epidemic expanded and the way people get, got infected and, and, and the level of deaths, especially towards the beginning of, it, it was unprecedented, no? And, and people didn't know uh, we were not prepared really in general as a sector, I would say. Mm -hmm. So what went wrong? Um, I think a number of things, no? Um, we we know these that we we need um, in, in, especially in emergencies and, and, and humanitarian responses uh, risks need to be taken no? um, uh, in the best interest and in the end of of, of the affected population and affected partners but but because of course you could see that the levels of risks were really high uh, like example no people losing their lives uh, and losing their lives in the in ways that getting for example uh, uh, getting infected in ways that you that were not very visible or um, I think people uh, became organizations became very risk averse uh, they were really concerned about the impact at home uh, I'm talking about northern countries for example uh, you could see you, you if you remember well there were for example flight cancellations companies that started stopped traveling there people who have been there had, had troubles to come back to their countries or travel to other countries. So, so there was a lot about us uh, and thinking, okay, how this may impact us. And then sometimes losing a bit the focus on, on actually those that are mostly affected are in those, living in those countries, no? in, in, in the West African countries, Sierra Leone, Liberia, um, Guinea. Um, so that was another thing. So losing that, maybe putting yourself or ourselves too much into the line mm -hmm. and start feeling and acting as if we were the ones at most risk when, Clearly, we were not. Uh, and then the third one, I suppose, in, in, in organizations that had country offices there, etc., of course, they were starting to, started to be travel bans, and, uh, and it was risky to visit and very high risk to visit at, at some point. But, but maybe signs of solidarity and, 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 and accompaniment and, and proving that we were there were not very clear all, all, most of the time. No? And the focus, again, is in your immediate staff. No? I do remember our teams demanding for more information. What's happening in Sierra Leone? What's going, what are we doing? But actually distracting, maybe, uh, I will say, with all the right of our staff to, to know what was happening, the reality was that those mostly affected were not here in, in the UK, yeah. but over, over there. No? And, and a lot of energy was put maybe in informing and keeping people informed here where maybe more could have been done or should have been done over there. So how did you move past it? What did you do to correct that? Oh, a number of things. No? Uh, first, recognizing that, that we were not prepared. That, that's an important thing. Uh, what, what people, um, probably one of the biggest mistakes is that we, when we realize we were not prepared, we're not, we don't have the capacity, it's that ability to recognize that. And by recognizing that is when you can actually start correcting things. No? For example, 
uh, if we were not experts on 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 the health element or on the treatment element of of, of the Ebola pandemic, definitely not even attempting to because do harm possibilities or attempting to on the contrary to to get in the with the right partnerships and, and those who really know what they are doing and have the expertise focusing on, on our strengths for example in that particular organization at the time um the strength was working with certain type of leadership you know and, and community leadership and maybe maybe linked to faith and and then uh, identify a role to play that play with our strengths you no know, and and making sure that we didn't duplicate or or actually do did harm but but making sure we added that value on the maybe a smaller area we could play a role that is external in terms of dealing with the situation but in terms of dealing with our own staff i, I said we uh, finally put together a, a team that was uh, much more closely accompanying our our country office and partners with much more regular communications with 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 updates both sides but but also well being conscious and aware that that the that the, the team there needed flexibility so some of the policies needed to change for example we had very strict policies in terms of uh, i don't know uh, teams moving uh, uh, to different areas there were there were bans about people uh, living to certain affected areas in the country but people had families there and and they they, they wanted to be there they needed to be there so we need to understand that and correct that um, we most many people in, in the country offices didn't didn't work from home and this idea of working in the office so the practice needed to, to of course be, be much more flexible to to accommodate to to the new needs and um, prioritizing visits when appropriate but also particularly from senior management because many times we of course we don't want to be there just visiting for for our own information or experience but but many times in situations like this having the presence of senior management being taking a risk yes but 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 an informed risk and, and and demonstrating that you are there in solidarity trying to understand and support is very important no so so we may have been a bit slow as well to respond in that sense that sounds that all sounds really interesting what would you do differently if you if it all happened again what would you do differently I think as a sector in general, we, although we claim we, we are interconnected, uh, the big lesson learned there is, 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 is to know much better you know, who works in the same areas, geographic areas, for example, and, and, and how different organizations complement each other. Uh, big experience learning to work uh, with uh, not just private sector contractors, but, but for example, different governments took the lead in that response. So the UK government took the lead in Sierra Leone, the US in Liberia, France in Guinea. Um, so working with uh, in different structures in different ways, uh, uh, being more more aware that, well, and, and be more open to, to take certain risks. And uh, you need to take decisions with information in hand. Information will never be perfect. And, and, and many times we did, we were a bit resistant not to take certain uh, decisions until until we said we thought we were we had the full information, um, but but critically is definitely knowing who who else is there, who uh, what can you complement, uh, and making sure that you are not duplicating. You know, and 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 pff, it's amazing, but but uh, it's it, there is always an element of uncertainty, of course, because in that particular crisis there were many un unknowns. You no, know? in my experience, at least one of the the, the crisis with most unknowns 
but that doesn't mean that that will happen again, you know, in, in a different shape or form. It's interesting. You've mentioned being willing to take calculated risks a couple of times and being willing to make decisions when you don't have all the information. Since we know we'll never have all the information, how do you decide when you have enough? Yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the judgment call. No? And, <laughs> and that's why, in a way, this whole conversation is about failing. And uh, we keep saying we need to be innovative, we need to be creative. But in order to be innovative and creative, we need to have certain licenses to fail. No? So in a way, I think the biggest fear uh, in order to exactly to take those decisions is 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 the uh, potential consequences, no? Now, it's even more difficult in this case because the potential consequences were actually life threatening. No? So in this case, Ebola, because the way the, the, the epidemic moved and infections, etc., uh, clearly there was an extreme situation now. Okay. Doesn't mean that will never happen again, but, but I would say if in that extreme situation, we were able to take certain decisions, I would say more, in more normally, more regular situations, we should learn to be less afraid of, of that mistake if you have tried as much as you can to get the information available and, and, and assess what you have in hand. Of course, you, you can always double check, you can discuss, you can, but, but there is a moment when you need to, to know, look, we cannot keep delaying this decision, we need to, to act. How do you think about the consequences of making the decision versus the consequences of not making the decision or not taking the risk? Yeah, that's, that's a very key that's a good, good, good point. Many times, this, this comes not just in that particular case, but all the time, no? Uh, and, and happens a lot, especially in our relationship with our own back donors, no? When, when back donors keep asking uh, questions, many of them very relevant, of course, but keep coming back with more and more and more, and then you see how people directly affected and, and going through a crisis period, etc., uh, keep waiting for, for, for us to be... So many times, this is not full in our hands, uh, many times is because it's part of a wider system, but but actually the, the exactly your statement is what what is in now more days in our minds. No, uh, it is in in the end. For example, the humanitarian imperative is is to 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 save life for those directly affected by the crisis who cannot uh, who cannot cope with the, with that particular emergency. So not acting, it, it's a it may be a, a much worse consideration, which in the end, I think, apply a lot, that principle applied quite a lot in the maybe second phase, if you want, of that Ebola epidemic, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, I remember constant conversations with, I remember the UK government, the, the military establishing those hospitals, etc. They pro may, may have lacked some of the good practice, if you want, uh, or best practice, or, or, or suggested best practice, uh, equipment etc but but they needed to be operational no? because another two days another day meant a, a large number of more people losing their lives no? yeah. so what is one action that you'd recommend to other care people based on this experience hmm. you kind of it was your <laughs> statement right on mine but i fully agree it's you will never have perfect information information evolves constantly and, and, and there is no, I don't think there's such a thing of, okay, now I'm fully ready because we're never fully ready, you know? And, and, and yes, of course, so the, the answer is we will need to take risks. Uh, ideally, you will, you will try to work as a team and, and ideally you will have in the team, either yourself or within the team, 
enough experience that can complement the information you receive uh, and, and you will have other types of support, no? either local organizations, partners and, inf and, and knowledge or, or, or government or, or private sector, so different actors. So definitely the, the key is not to work in isolation and pretend that you are on your own able to, to take that, that decision. Usually, in my experience, it's best when you have tried your best to triangulate that information and, and, and there is a point that you, you need to consider that second point you mentioned, if it's worse, if we continue to think rather than act. That was fabulous. Thank you so much for sharing that example with us. Thanks for joining us for our first episode of Failing Forward. We're so excited to have you here. If you have an example that you wanna share, feel free to reach out to Emily Janok or Reshma Khan to schedule an interview to talk about what worked, what didn't, and how we'll do it better the next time. Stay tuned for more episodes and happy listening.